What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Just Browsing. Matthew, along with Zach today, and we're going to bring you another simulation theory episode. That is correct. So, Zach, do we live in a simulation? Ooh, coming right out of the gate with the tough questions. Um, wrong. All right, moving on to the next question. Zach, do we live in a simulation? Does this one also have a time limit? Wrong. <laughs> Just... The simulation is stuck in the same loop. See what I did there? I love how, okay, can I just address this really quick? I was I, I just listened to our whole time travel episode all the way through. And I love how when I started talking about the loop form of time travel, you started to make, you started to make the point of how it, it makes sense to you that, that time could go in a loop because our clocks are in circles. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't think... That's not really the point I'm trying to make, but anyway, I just found that funny. I was I was listening back to it, and I was like, you're not really understanding what I mean by the time going in a loop. It's not like an actual circle, but anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. That it's, like it's like a circle. It's like a Not a square, but a circle. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So to answer your question, I guess, I will say that no, I don't think we're living in a simulation, but I find the idea very fascinating. Just like we don't have artificial intelligence and we don't have time travel but i find those ideas very fascinating i don't think we're living in a simulation because if you i think there's some things you have to accept as truths if we are if you say okay i do believe we're living in a simulation and one of those is like that's super depressing because chances are if it is something like the matrix which i'll get into here in a second for the listeners but that's kind of how the idea for this second edition of the simulation theory podcast came up as I just binge watch all the matrix movies again in anticipation of the new one coming out. But if it's a simulation, my brain just defaults to like, okay, well the real world's probably not great then if we're all living in a simulation and we don't know it. So if you say, okay, I do believe we're living in a simulation, then you have to accept the fact that, okay, the world, the real world that I exist in probably sucks and also nothing that I've ever really done or seen or felt or experienced in my life has ever been real quote unquote it's just been electrical synapses firing in my brain showing me images making me feel things all that kind of stuff and none of it's ever been real so the question becomes like what is real then like where am I where's my body what does the world look like around me do the people that I know in my life really exist or no. are they simulations or are they just other people who are plugged into this simulation? And AIs. it's like, a, it's like a, the simulation is imagining that this is what you look like in the simulation, but you don't look like that in real life or, or something like I'm that. I'm skinny in real life. <laughs> you're, you're skinny and you have hair. I'm skinny and I have hair in real life. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, what do you okay? What do you think? I'm gonna turn the question back around on you. Do you think we're living in a simulation or not? So I don't think we're living in an AI type simulated world. I don't think there's a supercomputer or whatever that is running our world and everything we do is, you know, already predetermined no matter what. And our reality actually sucks, like you said. The real world outside of it would suck. Going back to. What was it on the Mini Worlds Theory episode when we talked about like determinism versus good or goodwill? 
Determinism versus the Goodwill store down the street. <laughs> yeah, Determinism versus the Goodwill store. <laughs> Against free will, um, I guess you could argue that we do live in a simulated world, or like, maybe not world, but a simulated life, because everything we do has, there, there, there are consequences for our actions, whether it's a positive or a negative. We might not know that personally, but like if I punch you in the face, it's going to hurt you. Let me pause you right there. Why do all of your hypothetical situations involve punching me in the face? Because it's the easiest for people to understand when there's two people sitting in a room talking. I can't be like, if I kick you in the shin. You could literally just be like, what if I picked up that drink and dropped it on the floor? That's another example. There's like because pl- plenty of different Because that's not fun examples. to visualize. <laughs> you're always just like, if I punched you in the face. But, but think about it. If I punch you in the face, you're going to go through emotion. You're, you're going to yeah. go through anger because I hit you in the face. Yes, presumably. So, yes. I mean, if you don't get mad, then I'm like, okay, something's broken. I'm a robot. Besides his nose, something is broken. We covered that. Right. In one of our other episodes, yeah. Yeah, that was a great episode. <clears throat> but, but what I'm saying is everything you do has a predetermined outcome already associated with it. We don't you're, know the predetermined saying, outcome, though. You're saying... In the real world or if we were in a simulation? In the real world. Everything you do has a predetermined outcome on what you do. I'm not saying if if I, you know, punch the table, yeah, my hand's going to hurt right away. But in three weeks, I could have a broken hand, right? And I don't know that I'm going to have a broken hand until I punch the table three weeks later, right? But I know it's going to hurt when I hit it right now. So I know that it's going to hurt. And that's a predetermined outcome of me punching the table. Okay. Right? So you're kind of getting into going back to our many worlds theory discussion and quantum mechanics about what, when I brought up explaining the idea of determinism and it's basically boiling down your worldview to cause and effect. Right. And I this, mean, is, this is also something that, so I'm not going to make this episode about the Matrix movies, but I'm just I just want to say the Matrix movies are awesome and they're probably the most popular and well-done example of explaining a simulation theory in popular culture. So if you've not ever seen the Matrix movies, you should definitely do yourself a favor. They're on HBO Max. Check them out. The new one, number four, comes out next Wednesday. I'm fucking excited for it. Anyway, what I wanted to talk about was the philosophical ideas that the Matrix movies put forth to the viewer because there's a lot going on in those movies that is much deeper than oh neo's sword fighting and kung fu fighting people and like there's you know a a helicopter flying and they're shooting a minigun into a building and explosions and all kinds of crazy shit like there's much more going on i mean while those parts are awesome and that makes for great movie watching there's a lot of like philosophical ideas behind the scenes in that story that i find fascinating so there's I think I was telling you this right 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 before we started recording that like a lot of the people, quote unquote people that Neo and Morpheus and Trinity and his other humans interact with when they're in the matrix, when they're like injected into the matrix are really computer programs. So like the matrix is a software if you can think about it, right? Like there's this real world beyond where there's these human beings and these little pods. And then what they're experiencing is like a computer simulation. So it's all software. So there's like machines within the software that are running to make sure like basically that the wool is kept over everyone's eyes and they don't have human beings starting to be like, I'm questioning my reality. Is this real? And wanting to break free and be part of the resistance, yada, yada, yada. 
So like a lot of the people, quote unquote, that they talk to in the matrix are computer programs. And there's this one computer program who has like this great speech. They, he, he's presented as like, as like this French guy, this like pompous French guy who's like the king of some underworld trade or whatever. And he explains that his entire, which it kind of makes sense if you were talking to a machine that it would have this outlook on life that everything is cause and effect essentially. And like choice never comes into the equation. And that's, that's what we were talking about on the quantum mechanics episode when we were talking about determinism. And that that's when like, I was talking about that show devs about the guy, the creator and devs who that's what he believes in. We're all on these tram lines and you're destined to end up at the destination of your tram line, no matter what decisions you think you're making due to this quantum mechanics sort of like loophole thing. But I I think that really, to me, when I think about simulation theory and quantum mechanics and like all this crazy stuff, that to me becomes like the main root cause like decision that you kind of like most people, if you really sat down and thought about it enough. I know a lot of people don't think about this stuff on a very deep level a lot of times. It's because it's it's very existential in nature. But like the main question for humanity is like, do we have free will or do we not? Is everything that we do governed by outside forces that we don't understand? To me, that's what what I think about when I see something like The Matrix. Because it's like the humans in that story have to believe... I have choices. I can make a choice to take the red pill or the blue pill. You know what I mean? To wake up from the matrix or to stay in the matrix. Just like the machines believe, you know, you humans are so silly thinking you have free will. Everything is cause and effect. Nothing you do is by your own volition. It just happens due to causes that happened before you came to this decision that you just don't understand. You know what I mean? But see, that's like the big question that I think about when I I see that stuff. Yeah, everything is cause and effect in the world. I think that's just reality, right? Like like I said, everything you do, there there is something will be affected by what you do. Even if it's like the smallest thing, something will be affected. It could it could have zero like output on the world or anything that ever happen ever again. Something will be affected. That doesn't mean I don't have the free will to do something. Yeah. Well, and okay. That's kind of what I'm driving at is like I I firmly believe that your choices have consequences. People need to – I think in a lot of situations, people really need to sit back and be like, you know what? I can't be mad at or upset. Well, I guess I can be because I'm a human and I have emotions. But I can't be mad at this situation because my choices had consequences and these are the results of those consequences. But there are people who argue that – yeah, those choices had consequences, but the, you didn't make those choices due to your own free will. You were acting out something. You were acting out an effect that was the accumulation of, of of billions of prior causes that are driving you to do things, essentially. Yeah, but I think for that to be even like a viable option, you would have to have some sort of understanding of what was the first cause. Yeah. Like what what's what is, you know, when you're born, what's your first cause? Yeah. Is it when you scream for the first time to, you know, go get fed for the first time or change? Like what is your first cause that would then lead to all of these other ones? Yeah. You know, it's I would say that we have the and I said this I think on our uh many worlds theory or one of the other episodes. 
we have the free will to make any choice we want. I do believe that every path is predetermined, though, based on what your choice is. So if I smack your cup off of the, the table, it probably spills lemonade on my carpet. And it's probably like strawberry lemonade or whatever, so it's red. Good guess. So my carpet will then be stained red. If I don't smack it off, my carpet never gets stained. But I understand those two options. Will smacking it off be fun? Yeah, until I have to sit there and go, great, now i got to clean my carpet. Not smacking it off is just like that's a responsible thing to do. Nothing's telling me not to do it. I'll reach over and smack it off right now if I want to. But I know in my head, as an adult, the cause of me doing that will affect me by either the resale value of my house, or having to redo my carpet, you know, whatever. So I think we have the free will to choose our paths, but those paths are all already determined because we already know the effects of what we do. Like, think about, I mean, that, and that's all humanity. People are like, you know, uh, let's try and find like a non-political fucking example. <laughs> Good luck with that one. See, to me, can I just jump in real quick while you're yeah, trying to yeah. find an example? To me, I think it's, it's an either or. It's not like it can be both. That just just conceptually, I can't I can't go, okay, you have free will to make decisions, but your path is predetermined. To me, it's like either one or it's the other. Because if your path is predetermined, then you don't have free will. Then no matter what you do, you're gonna end up where you're gonna end up because it was always predetermined. But that's not true because where are you gonna end up at the end of your life? Dead. Yeah. So everything you do between the time you're born and the time you die is your choice. But there's you're you're on a path to death no matter what. As Yeah, but what I okay, obviously all living things die. We know that for except certain. Except for Galapagos tortoises. Those fuckers live like 600 years. But they also die after 600 years. Right, and their path is predetermined live, that they, they don't move off an island. <laughs> like you can't swim, you stay on this island for 600 years. Aside from the death thing. It's like if I'm going to end up being a Wall Street guy or an actor, you know what I mean? Is that predetermined before like the day I'm born? Or is that due to what sort of decisions that I make along my path through life as to where I end up? Because if you, if you were to sit there and tell me like, no matter what, you're going to end up being an actor. That's just where you end up. 20, 30 years from now, you end up being the Leo DiCaprio of your generation. You get nominated for five Oscars, whatever. Okay, then nothing I do in terms of decision-making is going to change that. So I don't have free will. You know what I mean? But if I do have free will, then there's a possibility that I don't become an actor. Because if I say, I don't like acting. I want to be in hedge funds. And I end up a Wall Street guy. That's free will. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not... I'm not... I mean... Do you believe that there is like maybe not an all powerful being, but like like I'll just I believe God. I believe in God, right? Do you believe in something like that? Um not to put you on the spot. Yeah, but. well, I would say that answer is very complicated. And I think honestly, my genuine answer is I don't know. Right. That's, that's what I tell people. Because it's just, I, it's, I don't it's know. hard to believe or put faith in something that you can't see, but that's the whole point of believing yeah. and having faith is that you just you invest, you know, your mental 
It's something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. I don't think I've arrived at a conclusion yet. I mean, I believe in God, and I believe he's got a plan for all of us, but I believe his plan for all of us is just, you know, he's got the bullet points set or the numbers set, and we get to fill in the bullet points. See, so, that that's the part that I get really hung up on a lot is like, if he really does have a plan for all of us, then none of us have free will. But that's not true because he provides you with options. So so I guess technically what you could say is, yeah, none of us have free will, but he's giving you options. It's like a multiple choice test. You have options, so you have the free will to choose A through D, right? That's free will if you pick any of those. If you're not told which one to pick, but you pick, say the answer is C, and I'm told the answer is C, and I'm like, now nah, fuck you, I want a 60 on my test, and I you know, scrabble in A, everyone's like, why'd you do that? I'm like, I made the choice to do that. I think like we, and I don't honest, think that's really the same though. That's not, I don't think that's a good example. Cause well, like if it says, you know, he has a plan for you and your plan, his plan for you involves you becoming an actor in that situation that I just named that metaphor. Right. Then you're always going to become an actor no matter what choices you make. Right. So you don't have free will. Or no, but there is do. no plan for you and you do have free will and it becomes your choice whether you want to become an actor or you don't want to become an actor. No, you do have free will because the idea and belief behind it is that you believe in God and you believe he has a plan for you, but I don't know what his plan is for me. But he does have one though. Right. Is my point. But that doesn't influence what I do. If I'm like, God has a plan for me, I'm not going to get in my car and go drive off a cliff and be like, if he wants me to survive, I'm going to survive. That's just, you know, being dumb. So if he has a plan for me, just like if, if I'm like, hey, Zach, in 15 years, this exact thing will happen to you. I don't know the date. I don't know the time. Don't know the location. But it will happen to you. Between now and 15 years, are you going to change your life just because I told you one thing was for sure going to happen, but I don't know when? No, because you're like, well, I don't know. So you're just going to live your life. You're still going to go choose and do things. I believe he has a plan and everything for me, but if I don't know what that plan is, you know, if I was born and he's like, you're going to be an actor, and I'm like, who are you? And he's like, I'm God. And I'm like, okay, why are you telling me? Am I dead already? Like, he's like, no, you're going to be an actor. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go be an actor then. I'm born and I'm like, wow. Like, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't have something telling me what I'm going to do. So just because there is this, you know, predetermined plan for you doesn't mean you don't have the free will because you don't know what your predetermined plan is. See, I would say, yes, it does. D you not knowing what the plan is, is irrelevant. If there is a plan and you're always destined to become or do something, then you don't have free will. But you do because you don't know. That doesn't matter. So though. you will never know. <laughs> you will never know that you had that plan. You the so you're saying it's okay because you don't know that you don't have free will, basically. No, I'm saying you don't know that like what your your plan is. You don't know your destination. But there is one though, is what I'm saying. Right. If you if you believe in that. Right. If you but I like I don't sit here and I don't go. You know I believe like if I say I believe God has a plan for me, I believe He's got a plan for me. That doesn't mean I'm sitting here going He's gonna. Let me win Powerball and then meet the girl of my dreams. I'm sitting here going, he's going to, you know, I don't know what he's going to do. I'm just waiting for something. But I'm still making all the choices between me and that sign or whatever he's going to help me with determine what I do the next day or the next hour, the next minute. I have the free will to do what I want. 
Like if I smack you <clears> in the <throat> face with a keyboard, God's sitting there going, you're going to pick a fight and you're probably going to lose, right? So why would I do that? He's like, hey, don't be dumb. And I'm like, whack. And I'm like, yeah, now what's going to happen? Again, another analogy where somehow you're hitting me with something. Do you have something yeah. that we need to talk about, Matt? Yeah, I want to hit you in the face with a keyboard. <laughs> Go ahead. Can I use my work one? It's heavier. Where's your work one? Right here on the floor. <laughs> Why do you have nine keyboards? Because I have anyway, 14 Anyway, we're getting computers. really distracted. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I just think, and, and not to get too bogged down into the free will versus determinism conversation, because we already had that one. But, but I, mean, I think simulation theory comes into play with that a lot. I just think, like, I get really hung up on that because it's completely contradictory. Like, I think you have to, and, and it's like no one really has to come to this belief system or not. Like, you can just kind of put your head down and live your life day to day. And whether you believe that you're making decisions or whether you believe that the decisions are being made for you, I, I don't really know if it, it ultimately matters. It might just be one of these, like, people call them like self masturbatory, you know, intellectual exercises. Right. Like it's one of these things that like, does it really matter? You know, you're living your life and you're going through it and it should only matter to the person but, but before, who has that but, yeah, before you got to a point in your life where you were discussing simulation theory or free will versus determinism, like, did you ever think about it? Did it matter? And the answer to that is probably no. But then again, it's also like, if you really want to boil it down and be like super existential about it, like, yeah, it kind of matters a lot, actually, whether we have free will or not. I just think the idea of the discussion of free will is a fascinating conversation to have because, and again, that's one of the things that like the Matrix movie with their simulations um, or the Matrix movies with their simulation theory puts forward is like, you know, if you if you didn't realize you were in a simulation, then you didn't realize that like none of the decisions you were making were not your own. And like nothing you were doing was real quote unquote until Morpheus and Trinity came along and broke you out of the matrix by giving you the red pill. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things. Like it becomes very existential of like, and, and when I see the, when I watch those movies too, I, I think about like what happens to all of the, the rest of the 99% of people who don't wake up from the matrix and become part of the resistance against the machines. Like they just live out their entire lives in the matrix, like are born and die all within the matrix. Like that's really fucking depressing to think about. And they never know not one second that their whole life is well, not real. I mean, both of us could be dead right now or one of us could be dead right now. And we're just reliving the memories of our life right now. Like, that's been like a thought that's gone through my head. I'm like, that's kind of crazy though, that they believe when you die, you, you, your conscience stays alive for 10 minutes to just literally do a whole flashback of your entire life. And I'm like, that's crazy because like, what if we're just, what if we're already dead? But we don't know it. Like we're just reliving this be the life. Trippiest drug experience ever. <laughs> There'd be the longest 10 minutes ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's been long. I'd be like, yo, can we just like, and presumably we're only on like minute three or four you know at this point right which would be terrifying because <laughs> then you're like get to minute 10 and you're just like well but we'll never know well and what i was going to say too is talking about for all those poor people who live their entire lives within the simulation in the matrix and don't know it i also think about remember i told you that one line from the westworld show where the guy's having the conversation with the lady as he's going into the westworld park for the first time and he's mm -hmm. picking out his costume and all this and 
there becomes this moment where he realizes she's a robot. She's one of the hosts. And he's like, wait, you're not real? And her response is like, if you can't tell, does it matter? Which is another thing you could say about The Matrix. This is like, I think everyone kind of has to, if you were presented with that truth, everyone kind of has to come to a decision of like, you know what? I'm cool with just living in the matrix and having blissful ignorance or no, I reject this reality and I want to see the truth, whether or not the truth is a better life or a depressing post-apocalyptic hellscape. You know what I mean? Like I, whatever it is, I want the truth. I don't want this, excuse me. (laughs) I almost choked this, uh, fake simulation you know what i mean yeah but i mean i feel like you kind of go because there's probably some people who are like i kind of like my life in the matrix or in the simulation or whatever it may be you know what i mean like i don't care that it's not real i'm enjoying myself okay so then right now if if we were in a simulation would you take the red pill and be like get me the fuck out let me see what reality is or would you be like i'm fine with the blue pill just carry on my way i feel like you gotta pick the red pill if you're an adventurous person that wants to see what reality is, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to see this. I, I want to see what's real. I don't want to. I've seen this my whole life, all this fake stuff. Right. If you're telling me this is all not real, then show me what is real. Right. So if I started glitching out. Otherwise, like, what's the point? If someone living, walked you know in I mean? and was like, the red pill takes you to reality, the blue pill keeps you here and acts like nothing ever happened. Yeah. And you're like, well, what do you mean takes me to reality? And they're like, this is not a reality for you. Like this yeah. is this is not this is all fake. Okay, here's a question that that I think would be interesting too. So in the Matrix movies, the real world is terrible. Okay? Right? Cuz the plot is like humans AI gets created, it becomes completely immediately out of control for the human race. Humans fight machines, machines win. In in the war, we pretty much destroy the Earth's atmosphere, and, and human beings, the the surviving human beings, have to like scatter below ground, like deep underground. And the rest of the human beings who are alive are grown by machines, injected into the matrix, and live their whole lives serving as essentially just batteries for robots. That's super depressing. But if there was a simulation, if we were living in a simulation, what do you think the odds are that the real world? is actually normal or pretty cool versus being totally horrendous and you would actually rather be in the simulation. Well, if Because I feel like, and, and if you think about a movie like Ready Player One, the reason why everyone wants to go to that place called the Oasis, that virtual reality world, is because the real world kind of sucks. Well, I was going to say... I don't feel if, like anyone this, would really want to escape into a fake world unless their real world was not great. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? But I mean, like, this, if if this was a simulation, the world we live in today, I'd be like, give me the fuck out of here. This sucks. Like, I'm not complaining about my life or what's going on or anything. But I'd sit there and be like, are you kidding me? This is what a simulation is? Like, the fuck? Who's, who's throwing random viruses into our simulation? Like, what the fuck's going on? I'm supposed to be in a happy place. Yeah. So I'd be like, take me to the real world if I'm going to live in this shit. Take me to where my taxes actually mean something, <laughs> not, not, not my video game taxes. There was a there was a moment in I just remembered this. There's a there's a moment in the first Matrix movie where he's Agent Smith because I don't know how much you remember from those movies. Do you remember Smith? He I'm becomes sure like the main antagonist basically throughout the movies, but he's explaining to Morpheus during this like interrogation scene that the first matrix this is not the first version of the matrix that the machines tried 
the first matrix was a complete utopia where like everything was perfect. It was awesome. It was, you know, unicorns and butterflies and sunshine and everything. Everyone loved each other and it was, everything was great. Right. And he's like, it was a total disaster. Human beings, every single human being in that first, they call them like crops. Every single human being in that first crop totally rejected the matrix and we lost entire crops of humans. So now we've like changed the matrix in each iteration to more reflect humanity and humanity's inability to live in like a complete utopian situation basically saying like human beings by nature are messy and they have to have some level of like violence and well we crave violence i mean depressive like bad things essentially happening to in order to adversity i guess you could say would be the best word in order to like accept that as being reality because that's that's been the reality for human beings since we've been around, I essentially. Mean, it's never been unicorns and sunshine and rainbows. You know what I mean? It's always been like right. kill or be killed kind of mentality for the most part. Well, I mean, think Not about Not for it. everyone, but for the most part. The world's been at war since people have been on it. Yeah, like basically since like one caveman hit another caveman in the head with a rock to right. and like then the caveman steal his that, rabbit or something. Right, you know? and then like, when he woke up, he went and found another caveman and they were like, oh, oh. <laughs> and the other one's like, ooh, and then two caveman tribes got formed, and then yeah. so on and so forth. And then and since then, it's just been war. I mean, it's been chaos. Yeah. Think, tell me a time in this world where there hasn't been a war going on. Well, I mean, they really say, like, since the end of World War II, while there have been conflicts throughout the world, and we technically just sort of got out of this 20-year war we had in the Middle East, but... Since World War II, in terms of global, pure, all-out global conflict, this has been like one of the longest periods of sustained sort of quote-unquote well, peace right. I'm not in a long time. Global but, conflict, but but no, I know, I know what you're saying. Everywhere. Yeah, like it's it's happening all the time. You could say there's war here in 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 the United States, whether it's gang violence fighting each other for yeah. for the the next street corner or whatever because they, you know, set foot in the wrong street, or yeah. it's just neighbors that you know you mowed an inch deep into my lawn and I don't like that. That you could you could argue that that would be a war, a violence, a conflict between beings, not a no, nah, don't worry about it neighbor, I'll get, you know, yeah. finish mowing like whatever. Like people crave violence, we crave, you know, disagreements. Like we're look okay, I'll just do it. Look at it's our all, fucking It's all conflict. It's look all at conflict. our fucking government. Look at just look at the whole political structure. We have two parties. Why? Why can't we have 10 parties? Why do we limit people to you're either this or you're this? And then this one can't work with this one because we have to be fucking fighting. Fuck the people. They don't give a shit about us. But we've been fighting. So why would you put put us in like a utopia where our government works well together? I'd be like, put me in a fucking utopia where I don't pay taxes to a fucking government that doesn't do shit for me. Well, that's what he was. His whole point was kind of like the utopia. Everyone called bullshit. Like at some, because the whole idea of like the Matrix is like there are some. There's like one percent of the population who like deep in their subconscious they know that something's off about their reality. Like they're like something's fishy about this. I don't. I can't put my finger on it, but like I don't really believe what I'm seeing is real. But for 99% of the other people, they just totally accept it willingly, even at like a deep subconscious level. But he was saying like the total utopian matrix, 
everyone was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, I know human beings, and this is horseshit. This seems fake. What's going on here? And I the, read a book once, yeah, and the, this is fucking a lie. The Matrix just crashed, and it was a total disaster. So I found that that philosophical idea to be pretty... Because I feel like that's really accurate. Like... If there was if there was a simulation and it was a total utopia, on one hand, like it seems counterintuitive because on one hand you're like, well, if we're gonna create a fake virtual reality world, shouldn't it be a utopia? But then, like, if you were trying to trick people into not knowing if it was a simulation or not, they would definitely be like, "Am I in a simulation or like did I die and go to heaven?" Because the world is not like this. <laughs> like, this, I I know what's going on in the world, and the world is not like this. Yeah, I just I don't know, like. That's why I feel like the idea of simulation theory can be like a mind-boggling one. But at the same time, if you do look around, you're kind of like... It can push you away from thinking about it to truly be like a realistic possibility. You know? Like, I would say simulation theory could be a realistic possibility. We could be in a simulation. Like in... uh, What is it? Men in Black 1? When they pan out and aliens are playing... Uh, marbles with our galaxy. That's one of my favorite endings to like, a movie ever. That was so crazy. We could legit, like that could legit be happening, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't know. We 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 <clears throat> we don't know. There's theories out there that our universe is just like another human's brain because it literally maps the exact same as the brain does. So it's like we could be a simulation inside someone's head. Yeah. Like or a dream. Right. Or just a random dream. And I would be like, yo, you need to wake up. Like, you let a lot of shit happen in your fucking <laughs> dreams, man. But we don't know, mm-hmm. right? It all comes back to that whole, like, like, are we puppets for somebody? Yeah. And I don't think we're puppets for someone because if we are, what the fuck are we accomplishing for that person? Probably just pure entertainment. I was going to say, maybe there is no real point. You're, like, it's just it's just entertainment. Like I'll just it's jump. like gladiators fighting for the emperor. Like He just wants to see you get slaughtered. Yeah, but so do the other thousands of people there. Yeah. Like, wow! That's the whole point. Him. And then they kill him, and they're like, man. That was like, those gladiators aren't there to accomplish anything other than die, basically. <laughs> yeah. Provide entertainment. Yeah. But like, oh, geez, my thought went away. Sorry, I distracted you. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about gladiator. <laughs> hey, speaking of like movies and gladiators, supposedly, I don't know how real this is, but there's a second one in the works. Russell Crowe comes back from the dead. The simulation got rebooted right before the Emperor stabbed him. Exactly. Crazy. So anyway, I heard Ridley Scott talking about that the other day because he was on a podcast. Um, but yeah, that would be fucking awesome because gladiators dope. But yeah. Um, oh, you really made me lose my train of thought. I know. I kind of derailed us there. I'm sorry. Simulation, man. It's crazy. There's a little glitch. Can we rewind? Hey, rewind us real quick. And we don't have to stick to the simulation thing the whole time if you don't want to. Or we could just hang it up and but I do, mean, do, do random talk we, for the rest of the Twitch stream. If we hang it up, would that be a simulated part of our life? Here's, oh, here's a trippy question. So you know how we're getting more and more advanced with virtual reality? And it seems like it's kind of heading in the direction of Ready Player One, especially with like Facebook rebranding to Meta and like they're creating the whole metaverse and all that, which is like, oh my God. They're just trying to but, capture people. They're trying to create the matrix to run. And then profit off of it. Um, so we're, it seems like we're kind of leaning in that direction, right? So if we're in a simulation, 
what does a virtual reality world within a simulation mean? Like, that's fucking crazy. So if if people are – because that basically means that the simulation is either so uninteresting to people or they don't realize it that they are willing to create another simulation within their simulation to escape from the simulation they're already in, which is pretty insane if you think about it. So what you're describing is when Dwight Schrute creates a character inside of a game – where he is a paper salesman living out the same exact life, just in a different... Is that on one of the episodes of The yes. Office? That's funny as fuck. Just well, a guy who does his exact job? Yeah. And <laughs> he's named the exact same thing. Like, he, he didn't change a single thing about his character in this... You know, it's like a Sims game yeah, where you could yeah. create your own person. But he just does exactly what He does what the Dwight exact does. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But if, if you created a VR inside of a simulation, I would feel like, like if I would say I was like the all seeing being or whatever, where I have all of my, you know, people trapped in the simulation. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give them like a virtual reality and I'm going to show them what the outside world's like. Why not? If, if you're in a simulation right now and you're like, well, I want to go into like a virtual reality and see what something else might be like. And I show you what reality is. You're going to be like, fuck that. Oh, you mean like the virtual reality would be what the real world is? Yeah. So, oh, that'd be the ultimate mindfuck. It's a a virtual reality for the person in, and that'd be a way of kind of tricking them into thinking that the real world is a simulation, so that they should stay in what they think is their real world, which is actually the simulation. Right. Ah. So, so it's a way that you, being the like all powerful being, goes. People are starting to catch on. They want to yeah. go see a, a different reality, which may, might make them want to create this reality. So I'm going to show them what reality really is. So they sit there and they come out of it and they're like, fuck, we're not, what if go, that's, we're not going down that road. What if that's the ultimate mind fuck is like, if the matrix comes true, we find out that it wasn't actually artificial intelligence that put us in the matrix. It was ourselves. We developed virtual reality, and the virtual reality became so all-encompassing, and people wanted to leave their real world so much that now we all just exist in a virtual reality simulation that we created. Well, no matter what, we're going to put ourselves there anyways. We're definitely heading because, there, man. Because <clears throat> I think we talked about it on like our AI discussion, but we will create AI. As, it, as yeah. a human race, we have to create uh, yeah. AI. AI will I, I think, not create itself. Yeah, I think we we kind of came to the conclusion. I think it's it's inevitable that AI gets created. So we, as a human race, need to know our limitations as far as if we create this AI, where do we stop with the AI? Yeah. Or install a kill switch on all AI because, I mean, if an AI truly becomes so smart because it has the whole inner workings of the web that it just it understands everything, what would stop it from being able to turn on all my monitors in here at once? You know, it it would be able to hack into my network. The thing would be is like, if you shut off a power grid, I don't think there's a way for it to sustain power or go turn a power grid back on. Like there might be true, but it's one of those things. Like if we created an AI, which would then put us into like a simulated life, if the power goes out and everyone wakes up, what happens? Well, and that's in the matrix. The idea is that they're, living off of like they need electricity so right. I, I think they explain it there's this war that happened and I'm, I'm presuming we used nuclear warheads or we use some sort of weapon against them and what happens is we end up destroying our atmosphere to where like 
when you're in the real world, like when there's those scenes in the real world in the Matrix movies, it's like this dark and stormy existence and you can't ever see the sun. It's just clouds covering the entire earth and like thunderstorms and all this kind of stuff. But if you like break above that, if you like flew up there in a rocket ship, you could break out of that and see like the sun and get out of our, but like our atmosphere is fucked. And the reason why we did that is because they relied on solar power like the machines did. So our thought was like, well, if we kill their power source, then we kill them and then we can continue to go on existing. Cause while we'll see, well, while we still need the sun, to live, we could figure out ways to live without it, whereas they can't. And then <clears throat> there's a part where like Neo explains, he has a conversation with this program that calls himself the architect, who's like the one who designed the matrix. And he's talking about, he's giving Neo this choice of like, which major spoilers for the matrix trilogy anyway, but this has been like, out for like 20 years. Yeah. They've been out for long enough that like, come on. But this is what I found it's really like the big crucial point in those movies is his conversation with this architect guy because like the story starts, Neo gets introduced to the wider world. He gets shown that, you know, the world he thinks he knows is not the actual real world, yada, right. yada, yada. He gets told by everyone, we think you're the one, quote unquote, you know, which is again something I've talked about before where like there's this thing that reoccurring thing that comes up in sci-fi and fantasy stories about the chosen one and the prophesied savior and all this kind of stuff. Anyway... He eventually harnesses all his powers, fights his way to like the source of the matrix and the architect, which is this program, explains to him like this is the, I think it's the seventh inter- iteration of the matrix. And he said, so basically this is the seventh time I've had this conversation with you. Like the idea of the one becoming a thing within the matrix is something that not only did we expect, but it's an, it's an inevitability each time we create a version of the matrix. So it's a so, determined Yeah, outcome. so like through all of this complicated math, there's this anomaly that is inevitably going to arise at some point each time there's a iteration of the simulation. And the whole point is <clears throat> the machines, the, the one eventually makes his way to the source and the source, the architect, g- gives him like two choices. You can... Go because he's like he's in love with Trim, Trinity in the movies. Right. He's like Trinity's in trouble. If you go through this door on your left, you can go save her. But by doing so, you will abandon all of the remaining surviving humans in the city of Zion in the real world because we're on our way right there to destroy the city. But if you take the door on your right, you can. We're gonna still destroy Zion. But we're going to allow you. We're gonna pick a select number of males and females, and you'll be their leader as you restart the city of Zion and we're going to reset the matrix and do this whole thing all over again. And then after some sort of time period elapses, another version of you is going to arise as the one, make it all the way to the source. And we're going to have this conversation again. So like they're, they have done this so much. It's a circle. It's a circle. They have done this so much that they're accounting for the inevitable one that beating them, the yeah, that breaks it, and then they have to reset it and start all over. And and the reason why they have to do that, and so I, I think what I was where I was going with that point is, he's like, okay, because they're like, he says, if you don't choose this or something, I, I'm kind of like butchering all the conversations. It's like one of the most awesome scenes in the entire series, but <clears throat> the awesomest. He scene says, in the movie. he says, like, if you don't do this, we'll kill all of the humans or something like that. And Neo's like, 
you wouldn't do that. You need us to survive because like they're using human beings as batteries to supply their electricity, right. which is how they exist. And he says something to the effect of like there are lower levels of survival that we're willing to stoop to or something like that. So like they're they've somehow prepared to like power down enough and live on like lower levels of what they do now. They just don't want to kind of thing. It's very interesting. And then another thought I had when I was watching those movies is like, what are these machines doing? Like, what's their point? So I know the point is like, keep the matrix, keep, keep the matrix running flawlessly so that all the humans who are injected into the matrix, keep believing in it, stay in there. You can keep using them as batteries to keep existing. Okay, great. But while you're existing, what are you like moving to? Because it certainly seems like the the Earth, they're on Earth, right? And the Earth is fucked. And all they're doing is sort of self-sustaining based on surviving from these humans See, who are in the Matrix. But it's like, what are you like working towards? And are, you, are you trying to do something in particular? Or are you just like continuing to exist? Because that almost seems like a very human behavior of like not ever giving enough foresight into the future of like, where am I going? And just going, I just need to get through today and I need to get through tomorrow and I need to get through the next day. Well, that's where I don't think like when people, like when we talked about AI and AI possibly taking over the world and um, the, uh, what, the Rocco's Basilisk. Yeah. Um, and we, when we discussed that, I don't see that ever becoming a reality because what would an AI or this supercomputer or machines have to gain from us. Yeah. You know, so, like, there really is nothing that they'd gain. So it's, I don't see it as a true reality that will ever happen in our lifetime because if machines took over the world, then they're going to kill themselves off. Like, Yeah, it kind of seems like one of those things where it's a zero-sum game at some point. It's like, okay, now... Now what? Like, do you have some plan beyond right. wiping humans out? So you build a super. Presumably they do, but in the Matrix, I don't really ever. You never really get that explanation of so like, you, what are they after? You build a supercomputer and then wipe humans out, which means the only thing you would have left to do would be build another supercomputer to wipe out what you just did. Yeah, and we just keep going. So but what's the point? How could you build a better supercomputer when one knows everything that? Yeah. So the computer you'd have to make would have to know more than the other one, which wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, it gets very confusing. And then I just turn the power off and go to bed. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. easy does it. Anyway, I think we're gonna have to wrap up because I'm I have to use the restroom. I have to use the little boys' room. Zach's ready to go take a nap. <laughs> but, yeah, but anyway, this was fun. This was fun. Simulation episode part two. Yeah, it was a shorter one, but uh, I'm sure we'll be back with more. I'm sure we could continue to talk Or if you want to keep yapping, we can just pause and come it. back. No, we can end it here. Okay. If you're good with that. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be a good short one. Um, it's more of just know. like extra thoughts after our last simulation episode and now that I've watched The Matrix. Because yeah. I think when we did our previous one and we talked about Rucko's Basilisk, I hadn't done my rewatch of Matrix and I hadn't seen the Matrix in a while, so I was just kind of going off of my vague memory of it. But now I rewatched all of them this past week and it's like fresh in my head. And I'm like, this is, it's like one of the coolest ideas ever right. in movies. And I think a lot of people kind of brush over the Matrix as like, oh, it's super dope action movies, which they are. But it's like, there's a lot going on philosophically in that story. It's like Inception. You're like, wow, yeah. this was a crazy movie. And then you're like, holy fuck, that was like yeah. a Yeah, when you start deeply thinking about it, you're like, that movie is crazy. The plot is crazy in that yep. movie. 
But uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in. I don't know if we'll have an episode by the end of the year. Uh, everyone have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, and happy, happy Hanukkah. New Year to everyone. Yeah. Happy New Year's. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate, have a, have a good time. Hopefully, you get to hang out and see your family and friends. Um, like I said, if we don't get another episode in by the end of the year, everyone give uh, my boy Zach here a big shout out for getting married, getting Woo! hitched, ruining his life forever. <laughs> Um, it's going to be a party. But no, um, congratulations to both Zach and Taya. Gracias. And we will hopefully be back with another episode by the end of the year. If not, we will see you in the new year, which yep. we will then begin season three of Just Browsing. And we are glad you are all along with us for the ride. So yep. thanks, everybody, and uh, we will talk to you guys later. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.